welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 241, Apple Orchard Turkey. And I just realized all of a sudden I want to start singing the song Low by Flo Rida. And I am your host and the guy who's headed... <laughs> Now I can't get the song out of my head. (laughs) And the guy who's headed to his hunting camp this weekend for a work day. We have a few things we need to do at the hunting camp to clean up a little bit, take care of a few unfinished chores with setting up everything there and getting it ready for this coming deer season, which actually is not terribly far away. Unlike turkey season, which is 282 days, 10 hours. 43 minutes and 15 seconds from now until the start of Alabama's spring turkey season. Today I'm going to share the audio of my first New York turkey with you guys. This was a hunt that when it first started with our first setup on these turkeys, I had very little confidence that it was going to turn out to be a successful hunt. And we're not going to play around today, so I'm going to jump right in and lay out the setting of this hunt for you guys. And I think you may see why I had my doubts about our first setup actually working. So after Chip killed his first New York turkey, which you guys heard the audio of in episode number 239 a couple of weeks ago, we jumped in our guide's truck and started checking some farms that the outfitter has leased. And after riding around for about 15 to 20 minutes, this was around 6.30 in the morning, Eastern time, we saw some turkeys as we were driving the highway on a piece of property that the outfitter has leased. So there were actually three toms. There was a strutter and there were two toms that were not strutting. And then there were about, oh, I'm going to guess four or maybe five hens. When we saw these turkeys, we noticed two problems with them. First, they were only about 30 yards from someone's house. And second, they were only about 40 or 50 yards from the road or the highway that we were on. Yeah, I probably could have busted the big one out of the window of the truck if I wanted to and if it was not illegal. Those are two big ifs. In fact, those are two impossible ifs. So I'm going to lay out this piece of property for you. So this highway that we were on runs north and south, and it is the eastern 
border of this piece of property. These seven or eight turkeys are on the western side of the highway, on the piece of property that our outfitter actually has permission to hunt. But this house also sits on that piece of property that the outfitter has permission to hunt. And in New York, I think you have to be 500 feet from a house, a farm building, or a dwelling in order to be legal to discharge a firearm while hunting unless you have permission from the lessee or the owner to be closer to that building. And I'm pretty sure we did not have permission from the lessee or the owner to discharge a firearm within that 500-foot boundary. These turkeys, I mean, they're literally maybe 100 feet from this house. And here's the other thing. This house sits very close to the northern boundary of this piece of property. I'm going to say that the house is probably 100 yards from the northern boundary of the property. These turkeys are to the north of the house, so they're between the house and the northern boundary in an apple orchard. And when I'm saying this is an orchard, this particular little section of apple trees is really more of a grove than an orchard to me because there's probably only 50 apple trees between this house and the northern property line. But the turkeys are in this little grove of apple trees and they're just, I guess, bugging or maybe eating seed from the grass that's growing in between the trees. And of course, the big Tom, he's all swollen up, showing off for the girls that are around him. And I'm sure to show off and intimidate the other two Toms that were with him as well. Now, this particular section of property that we were on, just imagine a rectangle that is longer than it is wide, running north to south. And in that rectangle, there's an apple orchard and then two smaller little groves of apple trees. The one that I mentioned that's to the north of the house. And then there's one to the south of the house that is even smaller than the one that's to the north. That one probably has 30 or 35 trees in it. It's just three rows of apple trees. Nothing major there. That smaller little grove of apple trees is, I would say, no more than 40 or 50 yards from the house. To the south of that small little grove of 30 to 35 apple trees, there is a much larger section of apple trees. And I'm going to call this an orchard because there are several hundred apple trees in this little section of orchard that section of orchard is about 300 yards long and is probably 100 yards wide. And it is about really kind of right smack dab in the middle of that long rectangular section of property that this hunt is happening on. To the west of the apple orchards and the house and to the west of the bigger apple orchard is a section of woods that's been select cut. Along the very edge of the bigger apple orchard and the two smaller apple groves, it's clear cut. And the clear cut has grown up and it's probably three to four feet tall, but it's only about 20, maybe 25 yards wide. And it runs along the edges of these apple orchards. And it's kind of a divider between the orchards and the select cut timber that's to the west of them. On the southern border of this little rectangle of property, and I don't know how big that rectangular piece of property is because it really is part of a larger piece of property. 
but to the south of that rectangular piece of property that these turkeys, the house, and the apple orchards are on is a dirt road that gives us access to that piece of property to come into the back of it. And that road puts us as far away from those turkeys as we can get with a lot of apple trees between us and the turkeys and the house between us and the turkeys. So after we spot the turkeys, we turn around because we're actually headed north on the highway. So we turn around, drive back by them, and yes, they're still there, and they're just meandering around in that small 50 tree or so grove of apple trees. And we drive south, we get to that dirt road, we pull in, and we park. We get our gear out of the back of the truck, and we start walking north along the edge of that three or four or five foot tall clear-cut strip that runs between the trees and the apple orchard. And we start walking north towards the turkeys. So we get to a little bend in the large apple orchard that we're walking along the edge of to make an approach on these turkeys. And we're keeping the house between us and the turkeys. Plus, we have a little bit of terrain that's helping us as well. There's little rolls in the terrain between us and the turkeys. And we get to where the apple trees cut back to the east towards the road. And there's this little corner of clear cut that's naturally regenerating. And like I said, anywhere from three, four, or five feet tall. But it makes a little corner that's cut into the larger apple orchard. And we get there, and because we're walking along the edge of that apple orchard in the grass, before we go around that corner, we stop because we are pretty sure that once we round that corner, there's no turning back. And if the turkeys are somewhere where they've got a line of sight on us, the hunt's over before it ever starts. So we stop there before we round that corner in the field, and our guide calls. And when he calls, the toms answer. So at that point in time, he says to us, let's set up the decoys on the west side of the corner of this clear cut, because if the turkeys come down the edge of this apple orchard and clear cut, walking south towards us, when they round that corner, they'll see the decoys and they'll come in. And Andy, if you set up right here in this clear cut, they'll be in range when they come around the corner and you'll be able to kill one. So one of the reasons I don't like this setup is there's really nowhere for me to sit down where I can be comfortable and not be more in the open than I want to be because this naturally regenerating clear cut edge is pretty thick. And so I've got to sit on the edge of the edge and I'm sitting more out in the open along the edge of the apple orchard than I want to be. That's reason number one. Reason number two is we checked on OnX before we ever even considered sitting down and trying to call the turkeys into this location. And we were between 175 and 200 yards from the house that sits on this property, which would have put us anywhere from 200 to 225 or 200, just say 250 yards from the turkeys. And that's farther than I want to get from turkeys that have hens with them in order to try to call those turkeys in to kill them. 
The other thing that I don't like about this setup and why I did not have much confidence in it is because these turkeys were going to walk almost 200 yards to this corner of this clear cut with the natural regeneration in it before we would ever be able to see them and before they would ever be able to see the decoys. So are they going to cover that kind of distance, number one? And number two, are they going to make a beeline for that corner where we're calling from without circling us and coming in from a different direction? But given the circumstances of where the turkeys were, the fact that there was a house between us and the turkeys, and the fact that they're in an apple orchard that is very open still because the apple trees really haven't leafed out at this point. Are we going to be able to get those turkeys to come in? And are we going to be in a good enough position for me to get a shot at one of those turkeys, even if they do come in? So after I sit down in that three, four, five foot tall regenerating clear cut where I can see the decoys and shoot the decoys and also see that corner of that clear-cut growth. I hit play on the recorder. The guide gets behind me and starts to call and Chip gets further into the clear-cut. So he's deeper in the clear-cut. The guide and I are on the edge of the clear-cut. So Chip is probably 15, maybe 10 yards deep into that little clear-cut regrowth and I would say five or ten yards from the edge of the thinned timber and I'm going to walk you through the rest of the hunt from there. Now I'm going to give you a little warning before I start playing the audio. The guide that we're hunting with uses a good bit of language that I try not to play on this podcast and the reason I try not to play it on this podcast is because I want your kids to be able to listen to this podcast with you. And so that is the number one reason why I try to edit out any kind of foul language. I think I edited out all of the foul language from the guide, but I'm not going to swear to it because, well, he's whispering a good bit during these hunts. And so I kind of feel like if he's whispering something and it involves foul language, and I can't hear it when I'm editing, then there's probably a good chance you guys can't hear it when you're listening. So I feel comfortable, but I'm just giving you my warning there. Also, I'm forwarding about 7 minutes and 19 seconds into the audio before you hear the first clip because the turkeys are so far away and the road noise is so loud you really can't even hear them gobble. So we're going to fast forward 7 minutes and 19 seconds. The very first clip you hear is from that point in time in the hunt and here we go.
So it was really at about this point in the hunt when the turkey gobbled that time that we knew these turkeys were moving in our direction, 100%. We suspected they were moving in our direction, but they'd gotten pretty quiet after we first sat down and started calling. They gobbled a few times when we first sat down, and then they got quiet, and then you hear, I'm going to say six minutes after hearing nothing, we heard that gobble right there, and we knew the birds were coming closer. Now, I'm going to fast forward about a minute and 20 seconds, and the main reason I'm playing this next clip is just to give you a little foreshadowing as to what's ahead in this hunt with this guide. This guide is very good at what he does, so please don't take what I'm about to say the wrong way. And he works extremely hard to get his clients turkeys. He really feels like if he can get his client a turkey, he's gotten a turkey. And so he's all in on these hunts. This guy is wired for sound. I mean, high strung, very intense, and this is just a little foreshadowing of what's to come in this hunt. So what you're going to hear a few seconds into this clip is the very first of what is many psst to come from the guide. So in case you didn't hear, the guide, psst, yeah, nothing. Yeah, John killed. Well, those were two very good-to-hear words. The buzzing sound that you hear shortly after that are text messages coming from John with his pictures of his dead turkey. So that was good to know, but I'm not 100% sure I needed to know right then. Now I'm going to fast forward a minute and 20 seconds after that last clip ended and play you another clip. And, well, it may be pretty obvious that this is where I start to get a little bit irritated. <laughs> now, I'm getting a little bit irritated because I don't hear very well. And whispering is something I really don't hear well at all. So if you're ever to hunt with me and you psst me, and you don't say anything when I acknowledge your psst, well, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because I already know I can't hear what you're going to whisper. But if you just don't say anything and you just psst, and I think that I've completely missed what you had to say, then I do get a little bit irritated. But listen into the clip. Yeah. 
Yes. Okay, we're about 12 minutes into this hunt, and it's becoming apparent that the turkeys are coming to us, but they are not approaching from the edge of the apple orchard like we thought. So I'm getting pssst, pssst, pssst like crazy over here by the guide, and I'm beginning to realize that I'm not the one who can't hear. After the third pssst, he says, turn around. So I turn around and I look at him and he says, the turkeys are coming in to the woods. They're not coming along the edge of the orchard like we had thought. They're coming into the woods. So come back here where I am, which is maybe 10 feet behind me. So I get up and I start to move that direction. Can I get there? So before I can actually start in the direction of the guide, remember, it's not far for me to crawl to get to him, 10 feet maybe. But before I can even really start his direction, he says to me, get up here by Chip, because Chip's actually in a better position than I am for the direction that the turkeys are now approaching. So there's a logging road that runs from that second little grove of apple trees just to the south of the house. There's a logging road that cuts into the woods from the field, and that logging road comes right up past us. The logging road runs to the southwest from where the turkeys are. And Chip realizes, because he's looking at his phone and his map, that that road is there and that the turkeys are on it now and that they are going to walk right down that road and be in range of him. But they're not going to be in range of me because Chip's got a little bit of elevation on me. I'm sitting down lower than he is, so I'm not going to be able to see these turkeys. So I get the instructions to get over there where Chip is. Well, I don't know if I can make it over there where Chip is, and I know Chip can't hear me if I ask him if I can make it over there, if I've got time. Remember, there's briars and there's saplings all in this little regenerated growth strip that we're in.
So you just heard it. I don't have time to get the chip. I had just made it to where the guide is. And then I was going to have to go into that briar and sapling thicket to get into where Chip was in order to be able to get in position to shoot at the turkeys from the way they were approaching. One of the toms was already there before I could get there. So the guide told me, just basically sit tight. So I got behind him, facing the direction that the tom just gobbled. I'm going to fast forward a minute and 29 seconds to the next clip.
enough to end up and kill him from here. You don't see him. I love about turkey hunting and you guys probably do too is it just seems that no matter how long I've been doing it something new happens all the time and there's always a learning opportunity when we're hunting so that particular tom that has been gobbling so close walks up and apparently is about 15 feet from chip and is looking at chip sitting in all of the briars and saplings and then starts to get a little bit suspicious and starts putting well, he starts to walk off, then he starts clucking. And when our guide calls to him, he gobbles. And he's just walking around clucking and gobbling now. So the guide tells me, just stand up and shoot him. Well, I don't know exactly where that turkey is. And I'm fairly sure that Chip is between me and that Tom. And I know if I stand completely up to where that turkey can see me, if he can see me and if I can see him, that's our one chance at that turkey. So I start to move to get into position to stand up with the complete understanding in my head that I am not going to shoot that Tom if I can see him, if he's even remotely in the vicinity of where Chip is. So as I'm moving around and trying to get into position to where I can stand up and have the gun already on my shoulder, the guide goes, <sighs> and I looked at him and I said, what? And he didn't say anything. And I said, what? And he just shrugs his shoulders and he says, I just don't know. I'm like, this hunt has been really a cluster from the very first time we even sat down and started calling to these turkeys. It's sit here, get up, Roll over, jump up and down, spin around, stand on your head. Okay, now roll over again. Now lay down. Now get up. Now do the twist. Command after command after command. And I get it. I know that hunting guides deal with all types of hunters. They deal with very experienced hunters and they deal with brand new hunters. They deal with brand new hunters who are pretty good. They deal with very experienced hunters who are pretty poor. So just because someone tells them, hey, I've been turkey hunting for 25 years. I've killed a turkey in this many states. I've killed roughly this many turkeys. That doesn't necessarily mean that that person is 100% competent of killing a turkey on their own. But he's huffing and puffing and giving all these commands to me, I'm not going to say that I've spent more days in the woods than he has. I'm not going to say that I've seen more turkeys die than he has. I'm not going to say that I've killed more turkeys than he has because I don't know if I have or haven't. But one thing I do know that he doesn't know is I am a stone cold killer. And nine times out of ten, when given an opportunity to kill, I'll kill or try my best to do so. So my irritation level has gone from being at about 50% to at this point being at about 80%. My stress level has gone from being at about 40% to being at about 80%. I don't turkey hunt to get stressed out. 
If I wanted to get stressed out, I'd go to the office. When I see him, you'll hear the gun. Alright, after listening to all this again, and after listening to myself narrate this hunt, his question of, can you see him, him being the Tom, is a valid question. My smart Alec answer to him may have been unwarranted, because there is in all actuality, a very good chance that I could have seen that turkey and could not have shot at him because Chip was there. But I was pretty frustrated at this point. I was pretty close to wit's end at this point. And I don't want to ruin a hunt by stopping the hunt to cuss out the guide. So I've just got to push through this. As much of a cluster as this hunt has been, I just need to hang in there.
Okay, so the guide just says, why don't you walk a little bit more? He points towards the west in that direction, which is the direction the turkeys are walking, and see if you can see him. So I start moving to the west, and as I'm moving west, I'm actually gaining a little bit of elevation, and I'm getting a better point of view as I move to the west. I see a log on the edge of the cut of all the saplings and the briars and I sit down on that log and I'm looking into the woods thinking there's a chance that those turkeys would have just circled that corner that we were sitting on and come back into the apple orchard from the select cut timber.
Now I'm going to fast forward two minutes and 53 seconds. And this is where, fortunately and thankfully, the guide pulled the plug on this setup. Um, that sucked, man. Like, by the time we realized he was truly not going to come through, like, through here, I told him to move, but I was like, he was right there. You could see him. I, when you went like that, you could yeah. see him, right? Okay, well, he probably should have just stood up. Hey, yeah, that's what I almost <clears throat> turned around and went. I was getting ready to go. Just stand up and shoot him. Because yeah. I think you could have. Yeah. He was, he was pretty close. He was dumb to what was going on until he got five feet from me. Yeah. And then he then he started clucking, but he hear, kept I gobbling. Could, I could hear him spitting and drumming. He's spitting and drumming. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. He was. Let's grab the truck, go up and around, and see if we can start this guy. So it was at this point that we decided this hunt's over. We need to reposition and get in front of these turkeys. And our guide is all over it. So let me lay out this second piece of property. Now it's all one contiguous piece of property, but the first part of our hunt happened on one section of the property, and the second part of our hunt happened on this second section of property. But if you were to write the letter L in a block form, and then you were to take that L and lay it on its back with the longer part of the L running east to west and the shorter part of the L running north and south. That is how this property lays out. Now we just got through hunting the shorter leg of the L that runs more north and south in this example and we are pulling on to the longer part of the L that runs more east and west. Now this longer leg of the L, this bigger piece of property that's probably 200 acres in and of itself, is divided into four sections. So there's this dirt road that we're turning off of the paved road onto that runs almost through the middle of the long section of L, and the road runs east and west, almost the entire length of that part of the L-shaped property. Then almost halfway east to west, there is a high voltage power line that runs north and south that really parallels the highway, but it's about 400 yards or so from the highway. So in this longer section of an L that's laying on its back, it's divided into four pieces. There's a northeast section, a southeast section, a southwest section, and a northwest section of this property. The northeast east section, the southeast section, and the northwest section of this L-shaped piece of property are all pretty much rectangular themselves, and they're all apple trees. Now, the southwest section of this piece of property is just a field, but the grass in the field is short. So we drive the dirt road until we get to the power line, that runs north and south through this section of the L, and we park the truck underneath the power line. We get our gear out of the power line, and now this power line has a very narrow strip of timber that runs along the power line, and it really helps to act as a little bit of cover between the power line and the apple orchards. So remember, the turkeys that we just got through hunting were to the north of this piece of property. 
that we're now on. And they were headed southwest, which would put them coming into the northeast apple orchard. That's the direction that we start walking, north on the power line. And we've got this apple orchard off to our right with a narrow strip of timber between us and the apple orchard. So we get to where the narrow strip of timber ends, which is about half the distance of that entire section of apple orchard. And when we got to that point, the guide says, let me call from here and see if we can strike one of those birds. So the guide calls and a turkey gobbles to our west, really kind of to our northwest, and a turkey gobbles to our northeast as well. So at that point in time, we kind of think that the larger of the three toms that we saw and the hens have gotten separated from the two subordinate toms that were with them. We feel like at our first setup, the dominant tom came in first and just flat out circled us and kept going to the south and west. But the two subordinate toms hung out around us for the longest period of time before eventually moving to the south and west. And so after we circled around and we got on to this section of property that we are on now, and that God called and the turkey gobbled off to our northwest, we felt like that was the dominant tom that had gotten separated. And the turkey that gobbled off to the northeast of us was one of the subordinate toms. So we decided we would set up right at the end of this thin strip of timber because really it's our only cover between the power line and the apple orchard that we think this turkey to the northeast of us is going to come into. Now this apple orchard is no different than really most of the farms that we saw in New England. So obviously that section of the country was very rocky at one point in time. And over the years, as people were farming those properties, they moved those rocks and used the rocks to build walls and use those walls, a lot of them, as delineation of property lines. So there's all these rock walls just, I would say, randomly scattered through the woods. They're random today, but they were not all that random at one point in time when much of that property was cleared for farming. But this section, small little section of timber that runs north and south between the power line and this northeast section of apple orchard has piles of rocks in it. And in some places, they're piled up pretty high. I would say eight feet high. And so what we did was set the decoys up between the power line and the apple orchard just to the north of this thin strip of timber. And then we sat down in the edge of the thin strip of timber and I was able to put the rocks between me and the decoys, and me and the apple orchard. So not only did I have a great natural blind, but I had some elevation as well, which we know is a pretty big benefit most of the time in being able to have a better field of view. So I find my spot to where I can see the decoys pretty well. I can see the apple orchard to my right pretty well. I can see a little bit of the power line to my left pretty well in case that turkey that was to the northwest of us comes in. To the decoys, I'd have an opportunity at a shot for him. And if the turkey that was to the northeast comes in, which we think is what's going to happen, 
then I've got a good field of view and a good opportunity at a shot at that turkey as well. The guide sits to my left, maybe five yards from me. Chip walks behind me and gets to my right. We're all behind this rather tall, and there's bushes growing up between the rocks in this rock wall as well. So it's providing us a lot of cover. It is a perfect setup spot. It is a perfect ambush spot if you needed one. Once we get set up there, the guide begins to call, and a minute and 12 seconds later, here's our clip. Now I played that little clip for you because I want you to be able to hear how far away that turkey is when he responds to the guide's calling after we set up in this rock wall on the edge of this orchard. You can just faintly hear that turkey gobble. Here's our next clip. And that's our guide telling me that the other bird is way up there as he points to the turkey that's to the northwest of us. Because obviously I don't have enough sense to know that.
So there's Chip getting in trouble for moving. <laughs> because Chip wants to film the hunt with his phone. So he's trying to move to get in a little bit better position to film the hunt. And there's me telling the guide that I'm going to move a little bit more to my left, a little closer to him, into a little dip in this wall so that I can see to my right a little bit more. Yes, I'm going to move to my left in order to be able to see to my right a little bit better because there's so much brush growing out of those rocks that if I move to my left, I'll actually move away from the brush a little bit and it will give me more of a view to my right, which is where the turkey is approaching from. So he tells me, you better hurry. And he's right. So even though I see the turkey, I can't get a shot at him because he's behind an apple tree. He's got to. The guide just said he's got to be able to see the decoys, and I agree with him.
he's in he's in range but I don't have a shot at him just yet all right Are you sure he's done? That's my question to you. I am, yeah. I'm trying to get in position of video. You hold that? That TSS? Yeah. Yeah. I got it now. Jake Yelp will do it to him. Good job. So, right down there, just walk down that. I when come out, I started angling through it. Yeah. Watch your right foot. You guys just hit it just right, boy. Two year old? That's what I would have guessed. Alright, let's, let's whisper. Grab them decoys and we'll get back to, towards the truck because you know, we can play a game. That works. That's fine. Let me get my. Let um, me get a picture of you. Want to go to your house? Hey, what's that? What are you doing?
got the decoys are over there. We gotta go over there anyway. My cushion's over there. So here I can fill it up. That's all when it's laying down there. Position on them. So as you can tell, the guide is pretty jacked up that I killed that turkey. And he goes from being jacked up and loud to all of a sudden wanting to whisper and get the tag on the bird and get out of there so we don't mess up any other turkeys that are in that area. And I totally respect that, but we should have been quiet from the start. So before I shot, that turkey was making its approach from the northeast, walking to the southwest, had come in and gotten maybe 30 yards away from the decoys. We did not have a strutter out. We had a hen and a jake, and that tom kept a row of apple trees between him and the decoys. At the point in time when I first saw him, he was walking towards us, and he stopped behind an apple tree, and he turned and he started walking due south, which was going to put him at some point in time past a point where I could shoot. So he stepped out from behind an apple tree, went down into strut, quickly came back up, stuck his head up, and I shot. And that takes care of New York. Now, I really feel like I need to say that I would hunt with this guide again in New York. And despite the apparent issues that we had in our first setup, I think that the guide realized after seeing Chip kill his turkey and after seeing us how we reacted during our first setup and after seeing us in our second setup and second kill, I think he realized that we were not his average turkey hunting clients because turkeys number two, which we killed the following day, he was much more relaxed on those hunts and I think you'll pick up on that when I play the hunt from my second turkey in New York sometime soon but all I can say about the guide is he worked his rear end off to get us around turkeys in range of turkeys and actually get tags on legs of turkeys so even though there are some personality differences between he and I I would absolutely 100% hunt with him again. Anyone who works that hard at their job, which is to get you turkeys, or get you in position to be able to get a turkey, has my utmost respect. So I hope you enjoyed listening to that hunt. That was a great day of hunting where all three of us on the trip killed a turkey in New York that morning, and we took some time to get some really good group photos and then we took some time for a nap and then we took a trip to Montreal for dinner and it was nice to know we marked New York off of our lists so quickly and we could take time to enjoy the area because as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago it's something that we really have not been able to do on these trips it's been go 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 kill a bird here let's go we got to go to the next state kill a bird there let's go we've got to get to the next state or 
kill a bird there. Okay, now I'm hunting with Chip or I'm hunting with John or I'm hunting with Brian because I've got to get Chip, John, or Brian a bird so that we can move on to the next day. They're really very hectic trips, but it was nice to be able to have a day on this trip where we had done what we needed to do. We knew after talking to the outfitter that we were not going to be able to go to Vermont the next day, that we would be hunting New York again the next day. So we knew that we had an opportunity to enjoy ourselves and enjoy the area. And that's exactly what we did. So it was a good time. It was a fantastic trip, as I've already told you guys. I've got many more hunts from this trip to share with you. And I'm looking forward to bringing those to you guys. Right now, though, I'm going to ask you for my favor of the week. And my favor of the week is this. If you would, please go to the share button or the share feature in your podcast player application. Click to share this week's episode and share it via text message with a couple of hunting buddies. In fact, if you would share this episode with a hunting buddy who doesn't turkey hunt, maybe with some of the good audio that we have from this hunt, you might be able to talk that person into joining you for a turkey hunt next spring or even this fall. But that's a huge help to me because it helps to spread the word about the show and I'm very appreciative any time that you guys can do that for me. So with that said, that's all that I've got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Hit it, Frankie. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find I'm king of the hill, top of the heap. These little town In old New York If I can make it there I'll make it anywhere It's up to you New York, New Never sleeps 
listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on Hunting Afternoon Birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.